It's Izzy. Wherever you're listening from, whatever your situation, and whatever brought you here, I'm so, so grateful that you've invested your time in listening to positive content. I truly hope you gain some valuable insights from the episode. Hello, hello. Your girl is back from Italy. And guess what? She has got a tan. Yep. I mean, I'm sure all of you do as well. Because if you're in England, well, I think it was hotter here than it was in Italy. But that said, it was still so, so gorgeous. And I am so grateful for the experience and the opportunity to go to Lake Garda and Venice. And Venice really, really took me by surprise. I wasn't really sure what to expect. And what you see on social media about Venice just looks a bit too good to be true. But when I arrived there, I was genuinely shocked because actually it matched up completely to what I'd seen on social media. So uh, yes, I would highly recommend going. And if any of you do go to Lake Garda or Venice um, and haven't been before, then let me know. I've definitely got some recommendations, some secret spots. Um, and yeah, I'd love to share them with you because there were some things that we did really well and some things that we, <laughs> we definitely found more challenging than others. Um, so maybe what we've learned can help you. Now, anyway, Italy is not what the, today's podcast is. And I'm actually just going to go and shut the window because you do not want to listen to cars going by during this episode. Okay, window has been shut. So today we are talking about relationships. Now, when I say relationships, I mean any kind of relationships. We're not talking about romantic relationships. We're talking about friendships, parent-child relationships, child-parent relationships, boss-employee boss relationships, colleague-to-colleague relationships. So in a sense, what we're talking about is communication, communication within relationships. But these are five ways that I have found to instantly improve your relationships and overall communication. So number one is, and these are things that you might have heard, and these are things that you might think don't apply to you, but they do. And that's the thing. I've picked five things that we we probably... <laughs> want to think that we do but actually we don't do um, or we don't do nearly as much or as frequently as I'm suggesting that we do so really try during this episode <clears throat> to be open-minded try not to get defensive try not to think oh well that doesn't apply to me oh I do that I did that the other day really and I know it's difficult because I used to be and probably still am in some ways a very defensive human I've done so much work on it but I can I can fully understand why when you hear some of these things you want to jump in and say but I do that oh yes I do that I do that fantastically it's not about winning here and that's sort of a theme of the episode as well it, today isn't about winning. It's not about being right. It's not about checking what you do against what I'm saying and ticking that box saying, oh, yeah, great. Another thing is he suggested that I already do. Because again, these are things that you probably haven't heard all that much or the people in the relationships that you're with probably don't do this. And so you, by listening to this and by taking action on these things, I'll probably be going to, if you actually, yeah, take action on them, you're going to be venturing into waters that your relationship is not used to. And it might feel weird at first. And even hearing these might feel weird to some of you. 
but they are game changers. And over time, they will improve your relationships by an absolute mile. Okay. So number one is to openly embrace thoughtful disagreements to openly embrace thoughtful disagreements. So what does this mean? Well, very few of us know how to actually have discussions these days. We believe that if two people have differing opinions on something, it pretty much leads to an argument or at the very least a sort of tense tense debate or just tension in the room. And quite frankly, that is what happens and that will be what happens if you have a disagreement with somebody. But why? Well, we often want to be right. We want to be right so much more than we want to learn or be happy. And because of that, because of that insane desire to be right, we'll back our belief to the ground, even if it's wrong. Or whether it's right or wrong, it doesn't matter. But we will back that belief to the ground because in our head, we are convinced that we are right and the other person is wrong. And that we, for some reason, need to change their mind. We need to win this disagreement. But that's actually an extremely close-minded approach to life in general when they're not at all healthy for your relationships. Now, I really wish that I was talking about a minority of people who do this, but the chances of you on the other side of this podcast being someone who does this, who who falls into tension or who falls into debate or argument as soon as you disagree with somebody and and the other person on the other side does it too. I'm not, it's not just, I'm not blaming it on you. I'm not saying you do this. I'm saying that this is pretty much what will happen is that, well, you know, it's not a rare number. It's not a small number. It's about 99.99% of you that this happens to. Maybe you run away from the conversation altogether. Maybe you defend yourself. Maybe you attack the other person without realizing it. Maybe you just keep talking without really listening to their side. We all do it. But instead, I want to challenge you today and this weekend, really see if you can make the theme of this weekend to improve improve your relationships. I want you to approach differences in opinions with curiosity and thoughtfulness. Now, this doesn't mean just conversations with your partner about what to have for dinner and one of you wants a Chinese and one of you wants spaghetti bolognese. It means being curious with your kids rather than telling them off straight away, asking them why they actually thought it was a good idea to do what they did. Not saying, why on earth did you do that then? That's not approaching something with curiosity. That is casting judgment and asking almost uh, a non-answerable question or, or asking a question where you've already implied how you feel. That's not the point here. The point here is to literally ask them, oh, hmm, that was an interesting approach. Why did you decide to do that? Or, you know, a lot of my work's in schools and sometimes I have to take more of a, I find myself in situations where we're talking with senior members of staff about behaviour management. And often, now teachers have incredibly difficult jobs, so I'm not saying this is easy at all, And they do, on the whole, tend to be quite good at this. But actually, it's something that parents we're not, you know, can sometimes not be great at. Um, And I'm not a parent, so I understand. (laughs) I realise how uh, um, how rich this sounds. But especially from from what I've seen in schools, if there's a kid in class that is, I don't know, 
pulling someone's hair, distracting someone, uh, being nasty to the teacher, and they get pulled out of class, they'll be told off. But rather than instantly telling them off, you guys know if you've been listening to my podcast at all, you understand the behavioural cycle by now. You understand that the situation of the boy um, or girl, I realise that's quite sexist, (laughs) the boy or girl causing a scene in class isn't just an isolated situation that needs judging. Actually, that outcome, that behaviour was the result of maybe a previous situation. Maybe they actually have a really challenging home life and their challenging home life that morning being told off for something at home that wasn't really very fair and then them being late for the bus led them to having the thought of you know every situation creates a thought we have a belief about it that we can choose but most most people this child for instance would have had that thought automatically the thought might be life's so unfair I feel really out of control and then that thought well that leads to that feeling of um nobody loves me or I'm not enough or and that then leads to a behavior and that behavior might be trying to come across more um more powerful in class trying to have a more sense of control in class and then that behavior is that not being a very good student in class and not being very nice and then the situation arising from that is that they're now pulled into the office and they're now being told off which is just going to make them feel even more out of control and so the cycle goes so you know that whether your child's doing something whether your partner's reacting in a certain way if your boss has done something whoever it is it doesn't matter But it's not an isolated situation. They haven't just decided to do that behavior or cause that situation. It's the result of this chain-like reaction. So actually casting instant judgment is only going to create a new situation that could potentially cause more problems. Rather, if we think, okay, well, what made you do that? What, what, What were you thinking when you did that? Then you can understand what their thoughts are or, oh, how are you feeling right now? Oh, I'm feeling really frustrated. Okay, well, why, why, why were you feeling frustrated that made you um, throw your sister's Lego all over the playroom? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And actually understanding it's something that we think takes too much time or isn't necessary, but actually trying to understand is one of the most powerful ways to improve our relationships and embrace these thoughtful conversations and potentially disagreements. So after you've asked why they thought it was a good idea to do what they did, validating their opinion, saying, oh, that makes sense. I can understand why you'd feel that way. But then presenting an alternative way of approaching the situation that might have led to a better outcome and why, yeah, why that this alternative approach would have been better. So... I can totally understand that you were frustrated and that that made you want to do that. But how about what if you'd have thought, oh, do you know what? My sister only said that because she didn't understand. And that might have made you feel more affectionate and appreciative towards her rather than angry and frustrated. And then you might have played with her with her Lego rather than throwing hers all over the floor and kind of kind of suggesting this alternative approach, this alternative viewpoint. I know you can't go back and have them change the situation, but you can prove to them that 
there's not always one answer, one approach to a situation, that you're not cross with them for doing what they did, but that whilst you understand what led them to do that, maybe if they had more more awareness of their thoughts, they could change their thoughts and lead to a better outcome. And yes, maybe you're still caster, not a punishment of some sorts, but a um, an outcome of some sort, but that doesn't, again, create a new situation. So anyway, I've rambled on that for, for a, little, <laughs> a little longer than intended, but I hope that kind of makes sense. And I've spent time on that because if you can get that right, nobody, <laughs> you'll, you'll be hated by a lot fewer people and you'll cause a lot fewer situations and negative behavioral cycles than you've been doing previously. And you're the people that you won't be forcing your opinions on other people, which then leads to resentment and defensiveness and so on. So this this means being open minded with your parents, not demanding things by making statements, but by asking questions. When we ask questions, we can understand what life looks like for the person we're speaking to and thus have a much higher probability of ending up on the same page. So if you want to give this a try, Next time you feel that a conversation is becoming more of an argument or a more tense debate rather than a conversation, suggest to that person that you're with that you keep the topic at discussion level. Leave out the emotion, leave it out the equation. Ask each other questions and discuss instead. Because being on the same team means that you can learn something. It doesn't Being on the same team doesn't necessarily mean that you agree, but it means that you are joint in wanting to learn something rather than you both being closed-minded and just coming away with nothing rather than a lift or fallen ego. So recap, remember, it is okay to disagree with someone, but there are ways to do it that will strengthen your relationship with them rather than offend them. Okay, number two, shut up and listen. When was the last time that you actually truly listened to the person you were speaking with? Like fully allowed them to talk with you or with your complete attention? Usually we either interrupt, we distract them with comments, nice comments, you know, this is just generally what, what tends to happen. We interrupt without realising we're interrupting, like with little comments with, oh, I agree, oh yeah, that happened to me the other day. Or we're completely silent and look like we're listening, but inside our head we're listening more to our own thoughts instead. When we give someone an extended period of time with which to talk, where we don't interrupt, we don't comment, we don't agree, we just listen, which is an extremely, extremely rare thing. And again, you listening to this might be thinking, oh, I listen to people, I don't interrupt. I don't. It's not about that. It's not about that. It's about the fact that none of us listen for as long as we should do. All of us speak before maybe we should do sometimes and this isn't about you know every single conversation you have I'm not saying shut up every single time but with the relationships that you really want to grow with the individuals that maybe need to come out of their shell a bit more with the people that you maybe speak more than listen more to this is something you can use with them so really think about who you could use this with. Maybe if you're, you've got employees, it's a great tool to use with them. 
when we give them an extended period of time to talk, we actually allow them to dive deeper into their own thoughts, where they might uncover things that they previously might not have realized or even considered. When we give someone space to think out loud, because yes, they have as much time as they want to think in their heads, but our head is very cluttered. Whereas when we speak, we can only say one thing at one time. And usually we, we're we well-practiced, well, um, what's the word? Well-conditioned to make sentences. So unlike our thoughts, which can be very... for want of a better word like ADHD like they can be all over the place they can be very cluttered very flying here there and everywhere and jumping around whereas even those with ADHD for instance they're inside their head will be that on steroids but when they speak yes it might be a little cluttered than than people who, who don't have a condition like that but it will still, they'll still make sentences, they'll, they'll still speak somewhat clearly. Um, and obviously ADHD is a, is a complete spectrum um, with varying, varying degrees of that. But when we speak, we can collect our thoughts. It's like when we write, you can only write a sentence at a time. Your pen can only go so fast, just like your words can only go so fast. But your thoughts, because we think pretty much in pictures, we can flip between pictures and individual words and incomplete sentences like quicker than you could possibly imagine <laughs> which is why your head can feel so overwhelming sometimes so giving people space to speak is a really new experience that they might not get anywhere else they can think out loud we show them that their thoughts are actually worth our time that we value what they're saying and we want to encourage them to grow to grow in knowledge, to grow in self-awareness, and almost most importantly with this technique is grow in confidence. The people who don't have or who struggle with confidence are usually the ones that actually weren't encouraged to speak up, who maybe had more dominating siblings or parents. So showing, giving someone and showing them that you appreciate the things that they're saying and you value what they're saying and you were willing to give up your time, your most valuable asset, your most worthwhile resource to listen to them is such, such a big thing, even if you and they don't realise it in the moment. So next time your friend, your child, parent, partner, colleague starts to tell you something, don't say anything. Just listen. Listen with a supportive expression on your face and you might wish to nod occasionally to show that you're really listening, but try not to say anything. Silence is unnatural and even though they'll likely feel awkward for you because you, it feels different, it feels weird, it feels like you should say something, for the person speaking or pausing, yeah, it might actually be a really valuable moment for them to dive deeper or to collect their thoughts further. But that said, if they do look slightly uncomfortable, you could come up with a question or repeat back to them what they said as though you're double checking it. That's um, something that I actually forget to do, but I know is such a powerful way of doing, uh, of communicating with somebody where you echo back what they said. So try and think of an example. If someone says, um, oh, I had this, uh, this day at work the other day that was really challenging. And then you say, oh, it was really challenging, was it? So you're repeating back what they've said, but as though it's a question, like with a question. Um, 
and that will help them to go further. So despite how weird this might sound or feel, trust me, this one will be an absolute game changer in your relationships. Okay, number three, put in more effort at the beginning of an interaction. Now, it has been proved that the first four minutes of every interaction is hands down the most key factor in that interaction's entire success. Let that sink in. The first four minutes will decide and change the rest of that entire interaction. So if when you get back home from school or from work or from the shops, wherever you've been, and you barely, you, you openly show how exhausted you are to whoever, whoever's at home. You complain about your boss or the amount of homework you have, and you barely look the other people who are around in the eye, then the interactions you have with them will either just completely end right there, your kids will walk off back to their bedroom, or your partner will disappear into another room, or the interaction will continue but feel very, very flat and quite negative. Whereas even if your boss has been a jerk that day, and even though you're extremely tired, if you walk into the house with energy, with your last remaining energy, you say hello to whoever's there as though you are genuinely happy to see them, you ask them a question, then the energy that you put in during this first four minutes will change the entire way the interaction and then the evening goes. Now, you don't have to be full of beans during the entire evening, but you can keep it up for four minutes. And if you can do that, if you can keep it up for four minutes, then the other people will, in most cases, take over that energy or just join in naturally, which will then carry you on. You know, it will, the interactions will be more positive and therefore you'll feel more positive, you'll feel more energetic, you'll have forgotten about your boss and be focusing on the, the room You'll feel better going into doing your homework. And so everyone's energy increases. Just think about it. You know, you pick up your kid from school and you're like, oh, how was your day? Oh, it's all right. Then you get in a bad mood. They haven't contributed anything. And sometimes, you know, it might feel really hard or maybe you do it and the mood only increases by 1%. But that 1% is important. And every time you do that, it might go to 2%, to 4%, to 10%. So it really is very valuable. Okay, number, what are we on? Number four. Ask your partner, kids, parents, etc. at the end of the day, what the best part of their day was. You can do this with friends, actually. I didn't mention that. Friends. Whether you come home or you're just actually messaging someone, ask them what the best part of their day was. Ask them in the morning what they're most looking forward to. Make comments on how nice your breakfast is, on how good their suit looks on them that morning. Offer them another coffee. Send them a nice text during the day. Pop a cute message on the fridge or by the door or on their desk. In their packed lunch. In short, make small positive comments and contributions and actions that over time accumulate to start changing the culture of your relationship and your home or work environment. We frequently forget that change doesn't happen in one big bang of a moment. It happens in small moments, in the tiny choices that we make and the actions that we take. So start scattering some little moments of positivity and affection in your relationships. It requires very little extra time, money or energy, if any at all, but it will have a massive positive impact over time. I mean, 
how long does it take to scribble on a post-it note or scribble on an, a, um, oh, what's the word, Kitch, piece of kitchen towel that you then put in your kid's lunchbox? I remember being a kid and having having a lunchbox and one of my friends, their dad would always draw on their, um, I've forgotten the word again, kitchen towel, um, their like little napkin in their um, lunchbox, a little note or a picture. And it would be like the highlight of their lunch. They were no longer complaining about their lettuce sandwich. They were more focused on how kind and loving their dad was. And it's these little things. It's like going to fill up your car with petrol and then seeing your partner's favourite snack bar in the service station and bringing it home for them or just popping a note saying I love you on the fridge because you know that they're going to get home before you. Randomly ordering your mum flowers without telling her, not because it's her birthday, not because anything's happened, just because. Doing these really little things, asking, you know, not even just doing these things and spending little bits of money, but again, the post-it notes aren't, (laughs) don't require money. Asking them questions complimenting them, really small things that really add up, that really add up. If you live by yourself and, you know, you you don't have anyone around, then do these things for yourself, right? Write something on your door or on the back of your bathroom door that you see whenever you're sat on the loo. Write something opposite your bed, you know, when I used to have a, um, oh, I can't, <laughs> I can't remember the words for anything at the minute, um, the light boxes, you know, where you have the te- little quote on it. And I used to have a quote on it and I put it opposite my bed. So the first thing I would see in the morning is this positive quote. And it wasn't just that one thing. It was all of these other things combined. I would, after an hour in the morning or like half an hour, it doesn't really matter when, but I would take like 10 minutes on my phone to write three positive comments on people's posts. So it's, you know... Rather than letting social media be a bad influence, I would, if I want positive comments or positive interactions on social media, I need to contribute to that, right? So there are really little things that you can do and just get in the habit of doing that people will then start returning to you. They'll do it for you. They might not do it for the first few months, so don't expect that your partner will start doing these things back at you. But they will over time because you're changing the culture of your relationship. So really big one that's a really practical one. And what would be amazing is if if you do do any of these things that are physical, that you can see, post them, tag them in them. Like if you want more people to start doing this, post it on your Instagram story, like a picture of a post-it note that you left for your partner or a picture of something that you got for them or something kind that you did for them or write down the five things that you did this week for them and tag me in it and you'll encourage other people to do it as well you don't have to mention this podcast it's not it's not a promotional strategy it's because part of the reason you know part of the reason why sometimes this podcast can be challenging is because I actually don't get my fulfillment from this stuff, from coaching, from speaking, from social media, until I can see the impact that it's had. And here I'm just talking in the room to nobody. Well, no, I'm talking to you guys. And, you know, it's when I actually hear that this has helped you or see how you're using it, 
that I realize that what I'm doing is helpful. I know it's good quality. I know it's important stuff. But for me personally, my brain really clicks into gear, into understanding why it's so powerful and how it's helped, how it's been a big impact when I see you doing stuff. So don't post it if you don't want to, but message me. Tell me in a month's time how this is, these things have impacted your relationships. And okay, right, before I get carried away, number five, stop reacting. This ties into point number one, yes, but at the same time, it's so important. It deserves its own point. If your partner, your child, your parent, your friend, your boss tells you something, something slightly shocking, something surprising, something that you don't like or you hadn't expected or you hadn't wanted, do not react, okay? Just don't do it. Easier said than done, of course. And so if you can't stop the reactive thoughts from coming into your mind at first, because when we try something new, it, it can be difficult to be a master at it to start with. So start small. If you can't stop those thoughts, those reactive thoughts coming into your mind, that's okay. But really try hard not to show the person in front of you what those thoughts are. Instead, observe how you're feeling about it and ask yourself why you feel that way. Rather than defend your opinions, actually try to seek out the deep down reason for why you feel the way that you do. Ask the person questions if you need to. Say that you need to take five minutes or ask if you can have some time to think about it. But whatever you do, just make sure that you are in control of your own thoughts before you share them and before you start judging someone else's. Try to understand what might make them say what they've said. Are you actually on the same page, on the same team, and you actually both want the same outcome? Because sometimes that's actually the case. Usually we're on the same team as someone else. We both want to have a good day. We both want to have success. We both want to make sales. But because we're... We've got different ideas of how to go about achieving that. We forget that we're actually on the same team. So maybe can you make a compromise somewhere? We react because we think that life is a battle that we must win, but it's not. And if we have that approach, we're just going to feel like we're constantly losing. Taking an I must win approach in your relationships will honestly wind you up with no friends. But equally, Agreeing to whatever someone says will wind you up with completely the wrong friends, the friends that take advantage, the friends, nah, nah, the friends that you don't want. <laughs> so act with curiosity and become an observer of your thoughts before you allow them to cause you to react, but also stick up for the beliefs that you do feel are important and do need to be said. So there you have it, five of my top tips to instantly improve your relationships and to be honest, your communication skills. These have been a game changer in my life. Um, I, I can't, I can't stress that enough. So if that's helped you, oh my gosh, I'm mid-yawn, I started stretching. <laughs> And you know when a stretch just leads to a yawn. Oh my gosh. As you can tell, it's Friday morning. Yeah, uh, here I am again recording this the morning of the podcast. But what can I say? What can I say? It's just, I don't know, maybe I enjoy it. I think I actually just enjoy the spontaneousness of doing it, of knowing that I can't get out of it and that I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to do it in the morning light in my room by myself having this little moment with you guys this little conversation between you and me i'm saying it on the day that you're hearing it most likely 
So I'm here with you. It's like we're in a room. It's like we're talking to each other, except there's a slight delay gap. (laughs) At least that's what I'm going to tell myself anyway. So I hope you have a wonderful week. Please, please, please take two seconds. You've taken 30 minutes to listen to this podcast. So you can take two seconds to click that five star button, click that follow button. And if you're feeling super generous, leave a review. It can literally be five words. It can be two words. It can be one word. Superb, (laughs) if you really like. But I'm telling you, it means the world. I have quite a few people who listen to this and I have no idea who they are. But we want this out to even more people, okay? So thank you for listening. And all that is left to say is that I truly, truly, truly appreciate you. See you next week.